Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day. Speak to us according to your truth, your law. May it resonate in our minds. We thank you uh, for Jesus. Thank you for the prophets. We thank you for all the things that you've given to those of us who have an understanding of what you've done and the things you're still doing and ordained us to eternal life. Uh, we desire those who are sincere in their heart uh, toward you to retain your just ways in us, uh, to strive for excellency to enter into the kingdom. So I humbly request that the Holy Spirit would open our minds and give us understanding of your truth in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hmm. I got a an email um, from a Dr. Karai, K I R A Y. And he says, I like your site. And he says, as a post-tribber also. And it's a shame if you have been listening to me any length of time or have been around me and um, have seen my face and quote-unquote so-called supposed to know me, that if you don't know what that means. Pretty sad, if you don't know what that means. I don't want to take any chances in calling up on anybody in here to see if you know what that means. But he says, this doctor says, uh, I'm a post-trip also, and I appreciate the fact uh, you want the truth out there. I came up with 100 questions well, the pre-tribbers a while back. You can find them on another post-trib buddy site. I am just researching the whole Saturday, Sunday, Sabbath day thing. And I got a lot out of your writings. What do you say about Colossians 2.16? See, if anybody know anything about the Sabbath, whenever you hear that verse, it should automatically pop up in your mind. You should, it's an automatic, you know, for those who are um, the disciples of Christ. And if it doesn't come up, that's, that's because his word has no place in you. That means you're not concerned about the ways of God. And that's just a fact. I'm not dealing with fables and fallacies and notions and lies and perspectives and preferences. It's just a literal fact. 
There's no way you can be in the way that we are and not automatically know what that Bible verse says. The only way you cannot know is because God's word does not concern you. Doesn't mean anything to you. Of course, then a notion would say, well, we don't know all of God's word. No, we don't. But there are certain passages of scripture that is conducive to being around a certain ministry. That it should be so much the soul more at the forefront of your minds, just as plain as the noise is on your face. He says, and he goes to quote, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or a new moon or the Sabbath days. Then last, uh, he talks about uh, there's something on the website, and I thanked him for it, and I told him I would actually look into it because I haven't ever noticed it. So I appreciate that. So I write him back. Now, mind you, if I am writing um, a doctor, and of course I have no reason not to believe because his um, um, email address is northhillspinal.com, so he must be um, some type of back doctor or who knows, chiropractic. You know, they have a, you can be a doctor in just about anything. And the majority of God's people are doctors of ignorance. Now, don't sit up and, and act like it's an insulting comment, brothers and sisters, when the shoe fits. What you should do is, is develop such an anger against your own self for allowing yourself to be so sorry when there's no excuse. Because you're not going to search within a thousand miles in any direction to see if you're going to find a place anywhere remotely close to what we're trying to do. Just search for it. If you can find it, that's where you need to be. You don't need to waste time. We get, we get one chance at this life. You had one chance at yesterday. It's gone. It's in the books. And because we don't take each day seriously, because it's not at the Forefront of our conscience. We are persuaded to continue to perpetuate our ignorant way. Is it not remarkable? Is it not remarkable? So I took the time to write him back. I wasn't going to do it because it's, it's on the Sabbath this morning. Now, is there a law that you cannot email on the Sabbath? Well, the answer is no. Um, so if I ever get a, a, an opportunity to actually speak with him or to sit down across from him, uh, I will do with him just like I try so unsuccessfully successfully to do with you. 
Now, there are many successes, but there are few compared to the amount of numbers that are in this place right here. And it's not because the truth is not being brought forth. It's because there is a sickness in the minds of the so-called people of God. The things of God just does not seem to interest us. Like we present ourselves as it should. Now that's just the truth. That's just the truth. I write back to him and I say it. Now does not my statements just are they not disturbing? They don't disturb me one bit. You know, I'll um, just somebody remind me when I get finished reading this email. Uh, we're going to talk about being born again for a second. All right? We're going to talk about it for a minute, all right? My, my, um, now, mind you, I'm going to write to him different than the way I would write to some of us. I want to talk to him a little bit different. As opposed to the way I would talk to some of us. I want to talk to him in a way that very few words in certain passages are said, yet it will arouse the thought pattern. Something to awaken inside so that he may have the ears to hear. Because I believe that Jesus is coming after the tribulation, that does not make me a post-tribber. It just means I believe the book. And Satan is still instrumental because he puffs up people in their minds to continue to cause division and arguments and separations amongst the body of Christ. And the body doesn't have any sense to realize what's going on. I mean, after all, if I'm perceived to be after a biblical sort, a man of understanding, a man of the word, and when I speak to you, and no doubt if you had any understanding of the word of God at all, you know that I'm speaking in a condescending state. What that means to people who did not understand is, is that I'm speaking to you down to you so that you can understand how God wants you to come up. No need to insult us because we're already insulting enough of ourselves. 
And I guess that's another one of the things that um, our minds has done to us is that we really truthfully have not ever looked at our condition and the sickness that we have in our minds. We're sick in the mind. There's no way a people can be healed if they don't know that they're sick. Does that not make sense? Let me allow us to hear the words that I uh, reply to this doctor by. I said, thank you, Dr. Karai. First, the most disturbing thing is... No, I did not know about the pentagram, but I was seriously looking to it. Now, what he is saying was is that there's somewhere on the website somewhere, and it has to be deeply embedded for us to not know. Whoever was the people who were the architect of it has embedded a pentagram somewhere. So now I've got to search it and seek out and find it. That's amazing how the pentagram still didn't have any power against the truth isn't it so notice um, I didn't jump on his case to justify I have no recourse if I don't know so if I don't know then understanding would say to me you need to check that out Mm -hmm. All right. I just said a mouthful of words. Second, to answer your question on Colossians 2.16. Doctor, the problem many people are having in this society is perspective. Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. John 8.32. The truth is, we as the people of God need to understand history. The Bible comes from an Israel-Hebrew perspective and not an American one. So with this in mind first, the God of Israel had already established a dietary law for his people. The architect of these bodies established what fuel it would take in order for the human bodies to function properly. In Genesis 7, verses 1 through 5, notice the words clean beast and unclean beast. And then in Leviticus 11, he spells it out. In our society, the notion of lies has been taught with certain deceptive words to change the perspective view, quote-unquote, or the way that we look at things. Regardless, the truth is, because of the transgression against our bodies, and because we have put things into our bodies which we should have not, disease is running rampant. So true. Amen. 
because we have received certain deceptive perspectives. Colossians 2.16, I usually answer the question like this. Why then are you judging me because I do not eat certain meats or I do not drink certain things? So stop judging me. As far as the Sabbath days, please listen, doctor. The people of Jesus' time and Moses' time were more of a spiritual people than the people today. Their life was all about living the very word of God. Today, people are religious in their view. The Bible was not written to Gentiles. It was written for the Hebrew people of God and anyone who would accept the covenant and believe in the promises. Salvation is not of the Christians, but of the Jews. So since salvation comes from the, or comes from a Jewish perspective we then need to learn and know what they know quote unquote be careful and then apply the law of God like Jesus said Matthew 5, 17 through 19, Jesus says, Think not I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so. Did y'all hear that word? And shall teach men so. How do you teach men so? Through different perspectives and persuasions. Amen. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Now that, a lot of people are automatically thinking that they're going to be in the kingdom just because the way that the Greeks have wrote this portion of the scripture. We'll read it though. But whosoever shall do and teach them the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven our perspective notice I keep using that word you know the reason why I keep using that word because I want that word to lodge in his thought pattern because if he's a doctor that means he has the ability to think now I could be wrong 
And my assumption could be wrong, but I'm assuming that he has the ability to think. And the reason why he's asking me the question is because uh, it would be the same way. If I wanted to understand something about the spine, I would have to come and ask him because he is a doctor of that particular area. So what are you implying, Pastor Dow? Well, I'm saying I'm not implying nothing. I'm saying that the reason why the doctor came to me because he realized I'm a doctor of the law. Even though I don't use that term. Stick with the biblical terms. Our perspective should come from the view of the scriptures and not of this deceptive notion of Christianity. Mind you, I am a Christian in its purest form. That's a mouthful, isn't it? Jesus said in John 4, 22 and 23 and 24, ye worship, you know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Everybody in here is not worshiping the Father in spirit and truth. And since you're not worshiping in spirit and truth, the Father is not seeking you. The perspective on this is, is that when someone is worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth, that the Father is looking for those. And if you're not worshiping the spirit and truth, then there's only one way to apply this. Then he is not looking for you. Now, that's just a straight cut and dry method. No mixing of words. We're not trying to be lawyers. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The seven-day Sabbath has never been repealed in the Bible. The New Testament as well as the Old Testament speak about it equally. The Sabbath was commonly understood when the scriptures were written. This is why people did not talk about Sunday. It was never even considered. What was Jesus' custom? Luke 4, 16, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for the read. What was Paul's manner? Acts 17, 2. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures. One thing is consistent about our God. He is, he 
never changes. If anyone comes from another persuasion or perspective contrary to what has already been written, then this needs to be rejected. In the same chapter, the same chapter, because people are trying to present a quote-unquote so-called Christian perspective, have deceived the masses of the people in America today. In Colossians 2.8, the word says, Beware, lest any man spoil you. Through philosophy. Isn't that how we're spoiled today? I sure hate to ask some of you what that means. Because when I look at some of us, we still spoiled then. Even after, quote unquote, so-called receiving the knowledge of the truth. And vain deceit. After the traditions of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. So, Dr. Karai, we have accepted this fable called Sunday as the Sabbath in which Christ nor the apostles have given us any direction of such change. We have been spoiled through philosophy and outright lies. We have received the vain pagan customs of Easter and Christmas and Sunday, which are the laws of this religious world and not after Christ because Jesus did not teach such nonsense. I hope that in my fact-driven answer has helped in some way. I can only draw from what is written. My advice is to stay away from all thoughts and perspectives which people have developed as a way to fight against the truth. It is simple. Ask anyone where the change of Sabbath to Sunday is clearly spoken of in the Bible and to prove such a change exists. I hope this has helped in some way. And may I ask what state do you practice in please forgive typing errors on my website and this letter God bless Pastor Dow so we'll see what happens and what becomes of that huh kind of like the same way that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus too spoke to Nicodemus not like he did to the common people because Nicodemus understood the law. And isn't it very insulting when we have to try to define Christ for you on such simple terms and yet you still don't get it. Yet you think you ought to be spoken to as someone who is well learned and have a very high perspective of God's law. And you cannot even live to perform it. This notion of questioning the preachers and teachers um, should stop in the conscious 
questionness of your mind. It should, it actually, you should start questioning yourselves. That's where it needs to originate from. We have had things presented to us that we have accepted. And I'm going I'm to show you something. Over in John, the third chapter, we're going to read the scriptures. There was a man of a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest now, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, and that means truly, truly. Except a man be born again. Is that what Jesus said? Except a man be born again. Now, let me just stop right there for a moment because when Jesus said, except a man be born again, he's automatically implying that you were dead. Because to use the word born implies that you were dead. Is that right? My question to Jesus' words thus far is this. If you lay claim to being born again, then why does so much death from the past still exist in your mortal bodies? Because that's saying that also nothing that came from death was any good. To be born again, what Jesus is saying here, that has to be a total change. And some of you, I can't tell one difference from death to life. And if I can't tell, then the master truly can't tell. And I'm just a man. Just a, just a man. A dead person walking, living, has a certain perspective about life. And if we lay claim to being born again and being filled with God's spirit and we are not walking in the newness of life. Then you cannot be born again. I just I'm just dealing with facts. Just like when Jesus saved us, he didn't save us to make us comfortable in the state we come out of. 
The whole purpose of salvation is to be saved. And to be saved is to be saved from something. And it's just not talking about some futuristic salvation. Talking about a right now salvation. A right now transformation. And this death is a death that must take place daily. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Is that the reason why that I get so many people questioning the way I walk, the way I talk, the way I look, and the way I act is because you are not born again and you cannot see. You ever hear people say this to you? I don't see why you have to do all that. I can understand that coming from a deaf perspective. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not mixing no words at all. I'm just telling it like it is. We want to hear it just like it is, don't we? Just like it is. I can't understand why we as the people of God, even after experiencing the so-called new birth, you probably wonder why I keep using the term so-called. Because when we look at the reflection of some of your so-called born-again life, you're actually trying to do an injustice to the testimony of Jesus Christ. Because there are things about you, ways about you, things internally about you that does not represent the kingdom of God that should be seen right now here upon this earth by people seeing you as a direct representative or an ambassador for the kingdom of heaven. To make it simple, you just don't look like someone who's been birthed from heaven. You just don't act like someone who's been birthed from heaven. You don't carry yourself in a way like someone who has really truly been born again. That's fact. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus saying there's something that's got to take place right here, right now before you can enter into that. Because the scripture plainly teaches us that all those who live in this life have to live in such a manner that you may be accounted worthy to obtain that kingdom. Not like this American perspective and notion that says repeat after me. 
Now you're saved. And you live nothing to show that you've been birthed from above. Let no man deceive you by any means, including your own self. The one you hadn't paid attention, too much attention to. Because your own self will deceive you. Matter of fact, he's the greatest deceiver walking on this earth. You are. No need in looking left and right. You are. Do you not count it something amazing that no matter what way God's word come, whether it's, read, whether it's read or whether it's heard, the constant challenges that come up in our mind to justify us in our present state. I was reminding the saints of the Most High in the dining hall the other day. I said, you know, it's amazing to the type of attitude that is presented every single time truth is presented. The first thing people do always is to deny the fact that there's something wrong with them. Because they come from a different perspective, a different persuasion, a different attitude. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And they said, huh, isn't that something? We ain't in the bondage of no man. How can you say that we shall be made free? Isn't that something? See, so inherent sold, just sold and interwoven inside the fabric of our minds is denial. Just flat out denial. Why couldn't the thought couldn't have said, Jesus, I heard your words. You just said, when we know the truth, we'll be made free. Give me that truth so that I'll be made free. See, it's hard, hard to bring a slave out of chains when he's been accustomed to him. Got a love affair to him. Used to him. Who gonna tell you in prison when you don't know you're in prison? Who gonna tell you in bondage when you don't know you're in bondage? So it is our nature to resist the truth every single time we hear it. I don't care how it's packaged or how it's wrapped. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are they that justify yourselves. But, and you do it among yourself. You do that so you can gain some strength. But God knows your hearts. He know them. That's why the word penetrates so deep to those who, who, who love God. They're, they're constantly trying to let the light of God's word 
expose the thing that is hiding in our hurts and disappointments and all, you know, all the things we use for an anchor to stay the wicked way we are. God comes to set us free. You take thought, all of us, of the way we have been brought up. Our society, without saying a word, without saying one word, society, automatically views the home as a threat to its way of life. Because your mother and father had the audacity to try to tell you about God. So when you come to our public school system, your mind is already messed up. So we've got to reshape you. Meaning we have to position in what we believe to be right, your mind. So we're going to use this school of thought to teach you how to be a good citizen in our world. That's why you can learn about Greek mythology before you get out of what they call elementary. That's why a nation that calls itself Christian calls itself Christian. There's no compuncture whatsoever at all teaching you about Sunday, Easter, Halloween, and Christmas. And I would like to add that with vigor and motivation, do they teach this to your children? Isn't it amazing that we live in a country that calls itself a Christian nation, yet nothing about Christianity is even presented into the school of thought? Ask educators in here. They would tell you that they have a certain curriculum to go by. And on purpose, there are deceptions that are laced in there. They would tell you that they believe that the children come to school tainted. We got a way that we have to shape your minds. We got 12 years to do it. And if you want them reshaped in a higher way, we got another way for that too. We got school teachers in here. Go and teach instead of, instead of when the next holiday come around, go teach the holy day and see what happens. They ain't going to put up with it. The prophet Isaiah said there's going to be a turnaround. There's going to be a change that's going to take place 
in the end time. And what they're going to do is they're going to call the thing that you used to believe to be evil, it is now going to become good. And the thing that you thought to be good is now going to be evil. And so we, knowing the word of God, with the way we live, we say, how in the world can that be? I'll give you a few indicators. Children are going to be your oppressors. And women are going to rule over you. Now the teachers today who got any God in them at all is doing everything they can to hold on. Because of the oppression of the children. The lack of honor and reverence for mother and father. You know how they learn this, don't you? Instead of you training up the child way God says, you send them to somebody else to train them up. That's the reason why society is against what they call home school. And you think about it, I was, that's why I used to talk to my wife, getting off such for a second. I, used to talk to my, I talked to my wife, I said, um, now you have to understand, I ain't even coming from a godly perspective. I'm just coming from uh, what I thought about as a young man. You very young man, 20 years old. I told her, I said, I'll tell you what, since you're so bent on having children, she wasn't bent on having children, she was bent on having Chuck. She just wanted one at that time. I said, um, you're going to stay home, and you're going to raise him. Now, I'm instrumental in that, too. But what I'm saying, I'm not, I don't, if I'm going to have a child, I don't want my child to be raised by somebody I don't know. Hmm? Then we had another. And that solidified a position of being at home more than anything. Who going to care for your child like you? Who going to teach them better than you? Now this has become evil. This has become out of step. So we had different transitions and stuff, and they end back up in school because of transition. I said, no, nope, they're getting right back out again. Out. You go homeschool them. Eyes got bigger than mine. Didn't have a clue. But she was willing to obey. Now the perspective is coming from a godly perspective.
See, there are certain things that has been sold in their lives as pertaining to God that if left out there in the venue for somebody who I don't know, how do I know that these teachers are not practicing Satanism? They're already practicing idolatry to wear crosses around their necks and, and celebrate every pagan holiday that comes along and stuff and serving other gods. So, I mean, it's not to put it past me that they're not having seances or, 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 or having Ouija board conferences or anything else. I mean, I, how do I know? I know the God of Israel is not being presented, and I'd be damned if I'm going to sit up and take a chance like that. It's already tough enough that we live in a world that that the, God, the people of God has no desire whatsoever for that which is holiness, but they have a love affair with evil. Just love it. Insanely committed to it. It's amazing that we don't have too many people that look at that thing which is godly and say, I want to be like that. That's the conditioning of the minds of the end times, though. That's where we're at. People don't want the thing that's holy no more. Then they go out here and hear all these trashy mouths which the children that you put your other children around are going to be raised by other children's parents because of the things that they're going to present to your children's minds. And now we're made to look like a spectacle because we're trying to live holy. Then the world goes, y'all ain't no better than we are. And I would say, yeah, I am too. I am better than you are. What makes you better than I? What makes you better than me? Because I'm a child of the king. And when I get out of step, I don't have no, no fear what the government going to do. I got to fear what he going to do. That's a different perspective. So now everything that God teaches us what is right now, the church is trying to sell it to each other is wrong. Amen. Trying to sell sin for sin on top of sin. Because of the moral decline, the spiritual bankruptcy that is going on right here. Because of the refusal of putting God's law right here. You cannot act different if you don't know different. And when you reject to put God's word in your mind and allow his thoughts to be a consuming fire in your life, you're only going to behave from what you come from. That's the reason why we have all these lack of examples running around here, both naturally and spiritually. You're showing what you refuse to allow into God's mind, into your mind. There's no discrimination in God's word. It's forever settled in heaven. It's going to stay the same regardless of you or I. He's not going to grade on a curve. The problem is, is we go out here and look at the way of the Gentiles and somehow we think 
that God is going to be merciful to them that are disobedient to him. Because judgment is not executed speedily. I'm watching everywhere you turn. Everybody talking about 2012, the end of the world. 2012, 2012, the prophecy. The Mayans is 2012. 2012. Well, let me go ahead and tell y'all prophecy right now, all right? 2012 going to be a year to come and go like any other. It ain't going to be the end of the world. You don't know. Then you've implying that you know then. I mean, if you're going to tell me I don't know, you are implying that you know then, right? So does that mean I should listen to you? Does that mean I should obey you? Because one of us is right and one of us is wrong. And I don't want to be wrong. There's no way the end of the world is going to come and the whole world is going to know it. That ain't what the book says. And besides all that, if you really truly believe that the world is coming to the end, to its accommodation, no more ever going to be. then why come you don't live like it? You don't even believe what you say. You mean tell me I'm supposed to actually give heed to some twisted, perverted thought is that? Because when you believe something, you do it. You believe something, you live it. When you believe, when you really truly believe. So you don't believe that it's coming to an end. Because if you are a Christian, at least you say you are, and you really truly believe that it's coming to an end, what manner of person are you to be then? So you really truly don't believe it. We don't believe it. That's how I know it ain't coming to the end. Hmm? And don't tell me well, I got my own mind. You don't even know your mind. Let's just look at it really truthfully. Somebody else got your mind. And you claiming it as your own. And that's the difference between being spiritual and being religious. You see, God's people in the order of the day when Jesus was walking the face of this planet Earth, they were a spiritual people. You cannot read the history book and not see that these people center their lives around the will of God. Even if there was pagans and heathens around, they even gave heed. Because of the perspective. Look at our persuasion today. People don't really truly believe God is living and existing. They were spiritual people. Today we are religious people. That's the reason why when I attack your religion, you feel the pain of it. Because I'm attacking you. That's why when you attack my religion, it don't bother me none. Because you're attacking my God. Different perspective. 
Like I said before, somebody is right. And somebody is wrong. And I'm not willing to take a chance on being wrong. 40 some odd years I have been living and you wouldn't believe how fast it's done gone by. You just, I, it would be impossible for me to explain to you how fast it has gone by. And if them first 40 went like that, can you imagine what the next 40 would be like? Now, with that in mind, how much time you got on your heart to be wasted? Jesus said to the Pharisees, Ye are of your father the devil. Y'all hearing this? Now mind you, he's talking to the religious order of his day. You are of your father the devil. Now, think about that for a minute. That's pretty insulting comment when you believe that you're serving the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, and yet he's telling you of your father the devil. I can tell you something. You you and your father the devil is sitting in this place. Because there's only how you identify that. I'm not concerned about these hypocrites out here. I know who the devil is out there. Well, let's just see how Jesus is defining. He says like this. Look at this. And the lust of your father you will do. In other words, whatever way the lifestyle that the devil is trying to present to you, you're going to do it. That means he's got a way and God got a way. And so Jesus determined who you were serving, who is your father, based on what you do. Then he says, he was a murderer from the beginning. How many of you still got injury in your heart because of what somebody's done to you? And you're still short with them. Anytime you have an opportunity to withhold good and to be short and sharp with them. Hatred. I live my life in such a manner that, that there's no in-between with me. Either you love me or you hate me. There ain't no in-between. Ain't no in-between because you know where I'm coming from. That's what you need to do, brother. So. It's a love-hate relationship. Look what he says right here. We're going to stick with the words of Jesus now. Look what he said. And abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaketh a lie, he speaketh not of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. How many times we've been told truth in here and yet we don't believe? So Jesus says this, which of you convinces me of sin? In other words, if I am so wrong, then show me my transgression. 
Show me the error of my way. Show me where I am wrong. Because right now you don't have a leg to stand on. I can understand if there was some transgression in me and then you point your finger and say, that is the reason why I am not listening to you. And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Hmm? And he says, and he that is of God heareth God's words. You know the reason why we are without understanding so many times is because our hearing is spiritually impaired. Because we hear what we want to hear and anything that doesn't relate to what I want to hear, we cast it out. We cast it off. And you're shaping your perspective when you do that. He that is of God, hear God's words and he and you therefore hear them not Watch how Jesus said this. Because you are not of God. Pretty simple, isn't it? Is that cut and dry? Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say, we not well that thou art a Samaritan and has a devil. Jesus answered, I don't have no devil. Because I tell you what, if I had a devil, you will convince me of singing. If I had a devil, you would tell me about it, believe me. You wouldn't mix words. If I had a devil, you wouldn't waste no time in telling me about my devil. That's why Jesus said to him, he had already cut off the conversation. Come on, if I'm so evil, then convince me of sin. If I'm so wrong, then tell me of sin. And Jesus said, now wait a minute, I don't have a devil now. But I honor my father. Who do you honor? Who do you live your life in honor of? Is it, you, you live your life in honor of you? Or do you live your life in honor of God? You need to know. See, this deception of I did it my way. I'm here to enjoy everything that I wanted to. Hey, that perspective was right on point, right on line. Before you are born again. You lay claims to being born again. The Bible teaches me from that point, your life is over. Now, I could be wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. I think I have a good understanding of this word right here. I mean, to be born again implies new, right? Therefore, if any man be in, so that means before you was not in him. He is a, and that's how we, some of us, we hear this and we don't even want to say it. It's not even in our heart to say it because we know we got other things that are in front of God. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. New creature. That means new creation. 
And a new creation doesn't come because you change the way you look. You change the way you look based on what's inside of you new. You change your behavior based on something taking place internally. You get the inside right, it'll take care of the outside. The problem is we pick and choose what we wanted to get right inside. And we've neglected a lot of things on the outside. While we deceive ourselves and others by thinking we are something on the inside. That's the reason why our minds are still the same. And it has not been any change. Hmm? See, I'm not duped and deceived thinking, I know what the book says. I know what the book says because I searched to know what the book says. I sat up and read this whole entire book and I see nothing but provision from sins. That means God never did deceive us that we was going to be just like Jesus walking on this earth. What he, what the perspective of this book is saying is is that if you sin I've got a way to make you right if you sin I got a way to make you right you sin you are the devil you need to know that devil because I don't teach that that's what God is saying that is not me now, if you sin, you're the devil. And also, if you sin, got an advocate with the Father. So that's the difference in transformation of mind. A person that is really, truly newborn again, he hates the garment spotted by the flesh. If you had a pretty nice white garment on and stuff, you got to, hey, if you was getting ready to go somewhere and then you decided to stop by Taco Bell and get you a taco and then that stuff spilt on your nice gleaming white shirt, are you still going to walk in with the same perspective? Come on, talk to me. And why do you think that that same notion doesn't apply with you walking in the newness and, and having a clean life? There is deception in perception. Jesus said, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do, look at this, look at this, dishonor me. Jesus said, I seek not my own glory, for there is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that if a man keep my sayings, now whose sayings you keeping? Because whatever you living is what you preaching, and I want to know where you're getting it from. I want to know where you're getting it from. 
So if a man keep my sayings, that means he's got a signature on something. Is that right? He shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou has a devil, Abraham is dead. And the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou self? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. We prove that every day, don't we? Not only we prove that with Jesus, we prove it amongst our own selves. Because we ain't going to let nobody honor themselves no matter what. I don't care what you say. Because for somebody to honor themselves means that they're going to have position over you and you ain't going to have that. Because the Bible teaches that man basically has an inherited haughty spirit that is bent on destruction. You understand what I'm saying, Scott? Yes, sir. I understand what you're saying. It's easy for her to understand that because she... She has grew up in this persuasion. Isn't she so tainted? Isn't she so messed up? That we follow your wicked mindset. I was talking to a lady the other day. I said, it's one thing about our little place here. I said, um, if I was to see you out there, I can't tell you from a man. But around here, you can tell the difference between a woman and a man. And the reason why I said that to her, because she was trying to convince me that men wore dresses. I said, where'd you get that from? I, I can tell you where it did come from. It come from an American persuasion and an American viewpoint. As I tell you what, if men uh, are supposed to wear dresses, go put one on your son. You lead by example and show me by putting one on your son. Oh, I can't do that. I say, you know, then why are we engaged in this retarded conversation then? Why are you continually saying stuff that allow your mouth to override anything that you're able to perform? You ought to shut up. You need just be quiet. How about that? You just need to shut up. Of course, you know, I don't make myself lovable when I talk like that. But yet I got people around here I can talk to like that all the time. It don't offend them one bit. Not at, it don't offend them at all. Don't trouble them at all. None. Some of them thank God I even told them to shut up. The problem is, is that people don't know Jesus like they think they do. <clears throat> I don't ever want anybody around here to get comfortable thinking that the word of God is not ever going to be presented. And that we're not ever going to stand for the truth. Hmm? Let me give you an example how, how God does. Hmm? I went to Brother Juan and I said, tell your brother 
get that damn motorcycle over here right now. Now, other people, all the persuasion said, Pastor, don't do that. Isn't that right? Yep, let them get caught. Yeah, they would. And I agree. You so damn dumb to be riding on the front of that street practicing wheelies while a cop lives two doors down. You ought to get caught. I'm going to show you how inerrant and selfish we are. Hold up that son. See that son right there? Look at that son. Hmm? How would it be for that son to grow up because his dad, oh, son, let me tell you about your stupid dad. See that thing right there called a motorcycle? He decided he was going to go out without a helmet one day, practice wheelies, flipped over backwards and cracked his head on the concrete like an egg, and now he's dead. If that's the kind of intelligence you got, I hate to see what he's going to be taught. See, I know that he's doing that because he ain't got no sense. And, he, and it's all about him. Ain't that right? Yeah, it is. It's all about him. Because when you have children, you live your life. Anybody who has children, they understood one thing about having children. Your life is over. Your life is flat out over. What about you? You don't matter no more. And it scares me to what I see what some of these children are going to have inside of them based on your knowledge. Your example. It's trouble and it's disturbing. So he gets brother on the phone. The first thing he do is want to argue with brother because he thinks the word is coming from his brother. Now why come he just couldn't be, why come he just could not do it? Because his brother said. Hmm? I'm going to show you an example of respect of persons. His brother was telling right. It wasn't until pastor said, oh, oh, okay, pastor, I'll be down in a minute. So you mean to tell me if I understand this exchange of information right here is that we cannot believe or receive anything from each other unless pastor says Is that the way we are? Is that the reason why there's so much discord amongst the brethren? And the sisters? Nothing is based on truth. Nothing is based on I'm concerned. Everything is based on no, who I want to present myself to. Is that taught around here? I'm use you as an example because yeah, we got a whole pack of hypocrites. Whole pack of hypocrites. Amen. I knew that the man was too stupid to know the destruction that he's heading for. 
so to save him from himself. I wonder if this perspective is in the book at all. I mean, uh, it seems like the instruction in here is that God is trying to save us from ourselves. I mean, believe it or not, God, God's perspective is, is that y'all deserve death and y'all go to hell. But then another side of him said, but I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you life. You ain't getting that motorcycle back. Now, how you like that? And you can have it back if you want it. You can have it back. But you ain't coming here. That's my motorcycle. Take it. Because the only way you're going to see that motorcycle again is on a bill of sale. See, if I or somebody don't do something about this, that boy ain't going to have no daddy growing up. And they're not in any financial, not at all, financially stable enough to be able to incur getting caught with no license and without a helmet, driving on a public highway with no insurance. See how stupid the devil is? Where's the stupid devil at? In the air? Now in you. Well, I tell you one thing, boy. Hey, when it comes to paying the man out there, the man gonna get his payment before anybody get their mortgage payment, rent payment, money payment. Yes, sir. So see, there's a lot of preservation that's trying to go on here. It sure would be nice that we could love each other enough to receive the truth, wouldn't it? And not have respect to persons and do what James says, commit sin. What difference does it make what source is coming from as long as it's the truth? Mind you, we're the same hypocrites that would say, oh, we love God. You lying hypocrites. You lying hypocrites. We got some mess. Whole bunch of it. We got some sanctification need to be done. Whole bunch of it. We're a mess. That's the reason why I don't let nobody judge me. Why would I let somebody judge me who don't know what I know about God? I'd be a fool to even put myself in such a position. To even consider what they're saying. When I look at their mental aptitude, it comes to God's word and then just the very life that they're presenting before me. I would be a fool to put myself in such a position. 
No, you come on up to where I'm at, then we can have a talk. We got trouble. We got some serious trouble. We got some serious trouble, brother, some very serious trouble. And if we don't get our mind right right now, we we're not going to be ready for what's coming. See, God, in all of his wisdom, he gives us his word here in his end time to prepare our minds and our hearts for what's getting ready to come. Let me give you a secret. There's no secret at all. If you don't have God's word in your heart, you have no direction. And how in the world are you going to be able to die for Jesus when you can't live for him? You are deceived. You don't have no power to live for him. How are you going to have power to die for him? We got trouble. I remember when I was a young man, bugging says, I'm going to get me a motorcycle. You don't need a motorcycle right now. Yeah, I do too. I ain't. Every time you turn around and see me on somebody's motorcycle, riding a motorcycle, riding a motorcycle, having a fun. <laughs> and then one day I almost hit a tree with a motorcycle. And then the next day, I turned around going down the road, 80 miles an hour, no helmet on. I wonder how I can tell somebody who's dumb. Hit a patch of gravels. The thing was almost tank slapping left and right and stuff, and I barely recovered it. And when I did recover it, all of a sudden coming around the corner was a sheriff. Didn't say nothing to me, and I just drove it right on back down and gave it to him. I said, I'm not ready for one of these yet. Two times I had grace and mercy presented to me in my ignorance. Yes, That's why I can tell you, you stupid as hell and you don't need one. Why? Did it have to take me to have that experience to say it? Why can't we just can't bleed a report? Amen. There are some things that you can't handle. Just because you see somebody else handle it, that don't mean you can handle it. Amen. See, I look like a villain all up until then. But then when I told you how wicked I was, then all of a sudden, oh, I see the reason why he can say it now. My wife would say to me, we would go out and we're getting ready to buy a brand new car. And I said, I want that Ford Mustang GT. She say, no, you don't. And I say, don't tell me. I don't know what I don't want. She'll say, it's not practical. I say, it's fine with me. That, that child ain't grown. Honey, you got a family. And I go, ugh. Yeah.
I said, we're going to have to compromise here. She said, well, what else you got in mind? I said, well, we can get that Nissan Maxima then. She said, that'll be fine. Now, here all this time, because she is more centered on, more family-oriented, and I'm more selfish-oriented. She's more family-oriented, I'm more selfish-oriented. I mean, I'm more selfish-oriented, and I'm more selfish-oriented about a lot of things. And in our own life, here she is sitting up there being a help meet, and I didn't even know she was helping. I took it as hindering. Sure to thank God for the days I was able to hear. Sure to thank God for the days I was able to hear. Sure to thank God I was able to have a, a mind that no matter how much I did not like it, that I could reason and submit to truth. And all this before the Holy Ghost. It sure is an ugly reality, isn't it? Especially when somebody tell you you can't do something when your heart is you want to do it. Amen. Ain't no need in fighting against truth. She just told me truth. Isn't that amazing? See, honesty is always nice when somebody else is telling it about themselves, isn't it? So now living this life, what I try to do is, is all the things that I have made mistakes from, all the things I've been stupid in, this would be a life of vanity. A life, of, a vain life if I had no instruction for those coming behind me. <clears throat> It'd be a stupid life, wouldn't it? It'd be better if I'd never be even been born. So it's amazing. I mean, I'm getting paid all this money. And I saw how much how much money did I see how much money did I see a week, Carol, when I was working? Which which place, honey? Just I don't know. Give an average. Um, around eight hundred at Aramark. No, no, I'm talking about how much did I I see I got me personally in my hand. Oh, two dollars a day. <laughs> two dollars a day. Two dollars a day. Huh? And she wanted the change back. <laughs> I'm making thousand dollars a year and I got two dollars a day. <laughs> Look at y'all. The selfish man to say. I work for all this money. I'm going to get what I want. I need to get something for myself. Amen. 
You should have thought about that before your retarded bug got married. They bought some children in this world. Don't you know wives and children are expensive? Let me see Kendall. Then one day, a little, a little boy came along. Now, Kenley, a little girl. And I was playing with Chuck, having big old fun. A lot of fun with little Chuck. He's his side. I was throwing off his eyes, his roof. And he was laughing. <laughs> we was on the back of the patio, and I was throwing him up, trying to get more altitude, throwing him up high as I could get him. One thing about it, it's good, he didn't get stuck on top of that roof. And then one day, Carol came to the patio door, and I'm throwing Chuck up in there. He's laughing. I'm laughing, having a big old time. But he just, yee, 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 yee. she said, where's Chuck? I turn my head, and I turn back like this. He comes down. She goes, oh, God of mercy. She snatched Chuck. I'm like, give me my baby. <laughs> I thought he was mine. Isn't that right, Kenley? So when this little thing called Chuck, that's Kenley right there, came into the world, I mean, I didn't have no money when I got married anyway. I really didn't have no money then. That's the way it's supposed to be. It ain't all about you when you bring some of these into the world. If you learn anything, it's time for you to put what little bit you got in you into them when they come by. Hmm? We so stupid today. We just so stupid. So that's, that's the reason why the church is suffering today because all this, this selfishness, it, it's just like a septic tank in the church, all this selfishness that's going on. Just selfish, all about me, 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 me. The life of Christ is weighed and based on your attitude towards others. That's the hallmark of a real true Christian is what you can do for others. Ooh, boy. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> Ain't about you no more. And even if you was by yourself, it still ain't about you. But your mind will not change from the position it thinks from until you divest yourself of that wicked way and put this in the way. I didn't learn true freedom until I learned how to be able to keep God's word. And just like rebellious Israel, you don't believe how many times I've challenged God in his own word and suffered for it every time. So I've come to a point to say, you know what? I think God got it right. I'm sure he needed my approval for it. But I think God got it right. I actually come to the conclusion that, you know the reason why God tell me do certain things, don't do certain things, because he got my best interest in mind. And that's the reason why he put certain elders over you too. 
because they, they, they can see farther you. They understand better than you. They can instruct you better than you can instruct yourself. Because if you knew what they knew, then guess what? They wouldn't come to you and you wouldn't come to them. And of course now, you know the reason why we don't come, right? Because we know more than them. Don't sit up there and let the devil sell you a bill of goods hmm? that you, you can, in this world, exist without God. For a real true believer, he's got to be in every point of your life. Every point. Because wherever God isn't, Satan is. And that's including being covered up and masked and woven in the insulation of your flesh too. You think you so much in control of. See, he that committed sin is of the devil. That's why you have to be careful about how you allow your mind to be reshaped when you get away from this place. Hmm? Jesus said, as it was in the days of Lot. You know how it was in the days of Lot? They had homosexuals everywhere. Everywhere. So they, they even wanted to come and have sex with the angels of God. We're in those days. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. That's not hard to figure that out. See, when we get away from God, we become tolerable of a sinful lifestyle. And the reason why we become tolerable of a sinful lifestyle because we don't want nobody else to condemn us for our sin. Think about old Pope Jeremiah. Jeremiah had life all figured out. And then one day God came in. Jeremiah wanted a wife. Yeah, he did. Had his eyes on a woman. He, man, he, he was going to have her. You know who won that battle, don't you? It's a serious fear today that God is not even retained in the thoughts of men's mind today at all. Before you do something, do you ever ask God? I mean, think about that. I mean, how much influence does he have in your life? I mean, do you ever really, do you inquire of him? See, we're without excuse because we got so many great cloud of witnesses that went on before us and a record. We have an actual record. And if you're not inquiring of God and what he says and his viewpoint is on it, then you're ultimately going to default to yours. See, the good doctor here, if I can use that word, you can tell just by his language and speech, even though he means well, that he's, he's been tainted. I'm sure they have a good time with their little religious debates and arguments over postal pre. Now, let me put it in proper order and perspective. The truth is, it's not going to make no difference whether you believe post or pre-trib. 
You know why? Because your life ain't hid with Christ and God, you're going to go to hell anyway. So while you arguing over trivial matters, you're going to go to hell. You refuse to be sanctified, you're going to go to hell. You refuse to hide God's word in your heart, you're going to go to hell. And that's how God's going to talk too. The judgments that God receives, huh? If God loves so much, then why does he send folks to hell? How about this? How about since you hate God so much, he got to send you to hell because he's just. Because he had already said. See, it's a difference in perspective. And those who love God hate sin. How many experiences do you have to have with sin before you figure it out that it's trying to ruin you? Hmm? I mean, how many you got to have? Man, you ain't had enough yet? Want some more? Because there's never a chance that when you get caught up in a sin, I've told you that you're gonna ever going to get out of it. It's never a chance. See, everything today is, oh, let's just have a crazy praise. Oh, let's just praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. Oh, somebody going to get blessed today. Just bless the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Have a crazy praise. Just praise the Lord. And that's what make all your troubles and problems go away. And God is flat out saying, look at them coming up here with unwashed hands. You abomination. It's a stench in my nostrils. You make me sick. Because, you know, God don't talk to his people like that. He just, you know, he just, it's all that is directed to the world. You know what I mean? He ain't, trying, he ain't trying to tell us nothing right. That's why, that's why, see, Christy, all them young children you got back there, you need to start working on them right now. You need to start telling them the word of God right now. Tell them right now. Y'all stop cutting your hair. The Gentiles do that. Gentile women do that. Stop cutting your hair. Now, all I did was just obey the word. Now, it's up then what they going to do. I had a lady try to tell me um, that she, um, I've been growing my hair for 20 years and ain't, ain't never had it cut. She kept saying, woman, long hair, giving to her for glory. Woman, long hair, giving to her for glory. I said, well, you ain't got too much then, do you? After 20 years, you ain't got too much glory. I'm amazed because after somebody seemed to be so physically abused and stuff by all the stuff that happened in your life and stuff, and then you turn around and get delivered, and the next thing you know, you're attacking our way of life, man. I'm... You mean tell me you drove 700-something miles to attack us? We're not the one with the problem. Yeah. See the arrogancy of sin? Come up with all these excuses. Your problem, your mind, and nutrition. Well, with long and long hair giving to her for a covering. I said, you ain't covered then. You shamed then, ain't you? Because what can you say? Then they get mad at you for that too. Let me tell you something. He that departed from iniquity 
maketh himself a prey. You know what that means? That means anytime you refuse to have an agreement with sin, that people are going to hate you. They're, they're seeking for you. You'll, you'll chop your head off like a predator. They're looking for you. They're looking for your death. They want your destruction. Yeah, you do. You depart from it. You make yourself a prey. So there's all these people that think that they so much are men, men of God, but yet they, but yet they will not depart from iniquity. I'll show you a man, a man that departs from iniquity. He knows what war is all about. Yeah, he does. He knows what war is all about. See, we've been having a perspective sold up on us so long, we don't even know what's right from wrong no more. We just don't know it. And the way this homosexual movie is, don't worry about it. You, you're going to see the, what the pastor Farrell called blowflies. You're going to see these blowflies. You're going to see men wearing dresses coming up. I found it hard to believe. I said, man, for long, they're going to start having humans marrying animals. Watch. And Granny came back to me a few months ago a report. I said, Lord. See, sometimes when you say this stuff, you just, no, please, it can't. Come on. Not come. No more than 80 miles from here, two men got through in jail for having sex with a horse. 80 miles. Two men having sex with a horse. And you might go, oh, man, that ain't made up. Nah, the problem was is that they was positioning themselves so that a horse would have sex with them. And they went to the hospital and they were tore all up on the inside. Said it wasn't enough pleasure for that sodomy. So I guess they had to go to bigger things. That's an abomination. We need to have a hospital that will put a bullet through somebody's head for that perverse spirit. So we can rid ourselves of this nonsense and man. That's the way God used to clean it. You did stuff like that, God used to just, be just, just let's just clean you off the face of planet Earth. So that everybody else can see that I mean business. You think about that for a moment. What kind of mindset would that be for somebody? All these humans walking around. Now we think that's bad, right? And it is bad. Huh? Where you at? Oh, you may not be having sex with a horse, but no telling what else the devil doing to you. There's one thing for us to capitalize on somebody else, but where you at? Because when it's all said and done, you're going to be the one getting judged. And God is not going to have the same perspective that you got. Ain't going to be no back talking to God. No, he ain't. Ain't going to be no back talking. Ain't going to be, let me hear your side of the story. We have an opportunity to be students. We better learn it. Come here, Sky. I remember when Lydia was little like this. I was thinking the other day, I was sitting up in the house, and all of a sudden, thought went in my head. I said, boy, I remember Chuck and Lydia running around it. Now look at them. All grown. Look at old Sky. How old you, Sky? 13 and fourth. Why don't you just say 13? It's 13. 13 and 3 fourths. <laughs> I mean, she's going to squeeze out every, every month, isn't she? 
See, Sky's being bought up the right way. She's being bought up the right way. She is a beautiful young daughter of Zion. Boy, you're going to have to be some kind of man to get this one. Because I'm in the way. Stand by. Yeah, boy, ain't going to be no suck. I'd take her and lock her up in a cage. Put her inside my closet. In my bedroom. Have Sister Carol slide some dinner up on the door to her. And get her mom and dad permission too. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Yeah. You're looking easy. Because she's going to be holy. See, these, these are one of the first generation of holiness that we have here straight. We got to make sure they stay that way. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, well, I can't see her. That's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Hmm? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All 13 and three quarters, huh? 14 next month. <laughs> mm. Man, these time fly, don't they? And see, the problem is, is that if you, you women would make sacrifices and be examples, you could have a young daughter with the same attitude and same spirit. But you know why? You're too damn selfish, though. You're going to be an American woman. You're going to do it your way. You're going to live your way. You're going to flaunt your little sorry vanity. I saw the other day, I was a bad testimony. We had a sister Diane, sister Carol went out to Tompkinsville, Kentucky, saw a, a, a woman that used to live here. And Diane saw her with makeup on and her daughter with pants on. And, of course, Carol saw her. She went and got some gone. She said, I ain't fooling with this nonsense. Diane saw her sit there and talk with her. Boy, it was dead, wasn't it? And the first thing she said to Diane without volunteering any information was. She justified her makeup. And she wasn't so condemned by it and said, why didn't you talk to Diane about it? I'll tell you the reason why. Because she knew the truth. And she turned from it. And she's standing in front of somebody who's clean that's been able to hold on. She didn't solicit. Did you solicit that comment? She did not solicit that comment. And immediately she was condemned. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? I told you. I told you. You know, our life for one time that I will see somebody leave any commandment-keeping assembly that will show us how to be a godly example. I would love that. I would love that. God would love it. I've never seen any one of them leave it at all and ever stay godly. Never. They'll be sitting up. They want to talk about what well, this ain't right, that ain't right, this ain't right, that ain't right. But they're right now. But they're right. But they're right. 
Huh? Pretty sad, isn't it? Pretty sad. Hmm? 50-something years old, when all these years without wearing makeup, put it on, look like a clown. A Jezebel clown. I had one lady send me an email. It got the Bible don't condemn makeup. I said, what Bible? Because you get some of these new translations, it might justify it. The one I got, boy, it condemns it flat out. See, like I said, there ain't nobody looking at holy. Look, look, how many, how many teenagers see, how many teenage girls see this little teenage girl and go, Oh, I sure do want to be holy like that. Now what they do is they see wicked teenage girls. I want to be wicked just like that. And call that freedom. They call that freedom now. Thank you, Sky. Sky say, boy, I sure do hate coming up here being examples, boy. What a mercy. I'd rather just sit back here and be quiet. I wonder what she learned that from. See, ain't too many women look at a young little lady like that and go, boy, I sure would like to be holy like that. But they see these boatsies and everything else, that these Satan worshipers and all this other stuff, and, and through their little music medium and stuff like that, they see all this old lustful junk that they're doing and this old satanic mess that they're doing, and they and now they're enthralled with it. That's because your flesh is drawn to darkness, sin, evil. Or in this case, we should say your flesh is drawn to light. Because they always want, all of them want to say, y'all come to the light. Come to the light. Come over here so we can illuminate you. Come here so we can open up your mind. Show you what God keeping from you. Pretty sad, isn't it? Mm. You know, this world would love, to, this new world order would love to rid itself of preachers like me. Let me tell you something. The Roman Catholic Church is going to get Jerusalem. Y'all think it's about them old pretending Jews over there and them old crazy so-called Arabs and stuff. The Roman Catholic Church is going to get Jerusalem. They will get Jerusalem. Don't y'all be fooled for one bit. That church is spoken of in the book of Revelations. All you got to do is look at his colors. Hmm? Just look at his colors. The church got certain colors that it likes. Hmm? Huh. Let me see this. And there came one of the seven angels which had seven vials and talked with me saying, come, on, come unto me, come hither, saying, unto me, come hither, and I will show thee the great judgment of the great whore. The judgment of the great who? Whore. I'm in Revelation 17. Look at this. That setteth upon many waters, whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have made have been made to drink of the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman set upon a scarlet colored beast. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Y'all hear that? What color? Colored beast. 
full of names of blasphemy and having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. High Roman Catholics and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls and having golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her head was written the name Mystery Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. What else? What other characteristics does this church have? Hmm. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints. I saw the woman what? Drunken in the blood of the saints. What other church do we know that has a history of killing saints? A history of killing saints. Hi, Roman Catholics. You and your damn popes. And with the blood of the martyrs, of Jesus, and when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. You did, huh? Woo-hoo. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore did I smile? I would tell you the mystery of the woman, of the beast that carried her, which had seven head and ten horns. Let me go to ninth verse. And here's the mind which have wisdom. I guess I got wisdom. Because here go my mind. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman setteth. Come on, all of us brothers around here, we know the seven heads that have seven mountains on which the woman set. There's two places in the earth. Two of them. And a horde. Only two. Dos. Swine. And we thank God playing games. He took this man into the wilderness and explained it to him. We got the carpenters that got to come up on the scene. I ain't even going to get into it. How are we going to stand there? We can't even understand this. But those who got wisdom, they see. Clearly see. We better get about our father's business. Let me tell you something. Every day that you allow this, this, this day to pass and escape from you without the mind of God is a, is a day of ignorance that you're not going to be prepared for. Let me tell you, there's a reason why I think the way I think and do the way I do and act the way I act and walk the way I walk and talk the way I talk now because I'm full and I'm finished with sin. I'm finished with it. I done set myself apart just to, just to be a man of God, period. Ain't no time for this nonsense. I see where that life going to, but I know where this one headed to. Both of them are headed for sure death. Both of them are. But it depends on how you die. That's going to determine how you live. So right, you men sitting up and want to watch movies and play the latest video games and stuff, won't you get your mind in the book? Get on your knees. Change your heart. Reason why the women ain't no good, because you ain't no good. Reason why the women don't fear God, because you don't fear God. Because when you fear God, they will. And that's just the truth.
You need to easily log in over 24 hours a week studying this book. Easy. Easy. Something to do with God. But when he's so far away from your mind, so far away from your heart, selfishness rise. Selfishness does. Somebody didn't show up, huh? I told you. See, now, now starts the excuses. You see the same pattern, you know. Told you, I think I'm speaking in vain, but I ain't. I didn't seen this too many times. Hmm? I didn't seen this too many times. I hope that you love Jesus like you say you do. Because the one thing we're not going to do is deceive you. I went in that room this morning and said, hey, Carol, let me see your... Uh, let me see your, your wrist. You know the reason why I'm asking to see your wrist, right? Y'all y'all remember that that little thing used to stick up on her wrist? Y'all remember that? Remember, come here, Carol. Little thing. Yeah, yeah, big old huge thing. It looked like, okay, on this side you got a, a bone, right? And then, let me see, which one was it? Let me see. All right, here. Look, 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 look. Look, turn around like that. Where is it? It ain't there no more. You remember that little knot? You remember that little knot? Look. He'll walk around and go, look what Jesus did. Look, look what Jesus did. I mean, because see, all of y'all know because, I mean, y'all seen it. Show him, show him, show him. Show him. You remember Cindy? Look, show Cindy. Examine it real good. What happened? Hmm? You remember, don't you, Chuck? You remember Lydia? You don't remember that little nub she had on her wrist? You don't? See, one day, I was reading God's word. I wonder, I wonder what day that was. You know, a lot of times, great gaps, brother, you know. <laughs> I was reading God's word and I was studying up on, you know, appropriation of healing and stuff like that again. I said, hmm. And I was laying down in bed and I was reading God's word. I said, hey, come over here. Come over here. And Carol, she just come over. She don't go, what do you want? I said, give me a wrist. And I said, Jesus is going to heal that thing. Is that the way it went? And so I put my hand around and start commanding. Hit about two or three times till I got a clearness in my spirit. It was still there now. But I could also feel something working. But it's still there. And I said, you healed. And it wasn't until this morning I said, at least as far as I can remember, I said, oh, by the way, that little nub thing, where is it at? Let me see it. Oh, it ain't there no more. Now, the doctors of his world, they got an answer. They can surgically remove it. The believers of his world, we can let Jesus take care of it. 
Hey, do y'all know in here that it's a sin for you to go to the doctor first? Y'all yes. do know that? Every time something happens, you go run to the doctor. You know the reason why you run to the doctor, right? Your mind. Your mind ain't in the right place. It ain't been transformed. You don't know how to think. Well, wait a minute. Is God respect the persons? Does he honor me more than he do you? No, but he honors them that fear him. So I want this place to get to the point where the miracles and the healings and, and the deliverances, all this stuff, it's not just taking place with just a few people. The reason why they happen is because whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you like it or not, see, I'm clean in God's eyes and you still dirty. Isn't that something? He that worketh righteousness. Isn't that something? He that worketh righteousness. Worketh righteousness. Fear God. Is accepted with him. God heareth not sinners. So when I see stuff like that taking place, I know God hear me. I mean, after all, that's my wife, right? I mean, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to be saving this body as best as I know how to do it, right? Well, the only way I can do that is I got to know the one who know how to save. Because I, mean, I, I can't do it myself. I got to put all my faith, hope, and trust in on the one I know who can save. But the one who, I, the one who can save ain't no hypocrite. He ain't stupid. He'll know, he'll know if you chuck bucking and jiving him. He'll set up and let your sin remain and then set up and you'll be looking at it and stuff and you'll be wondering, why come God? Why come God? Why come God? Instead of why come, instead of questioning him, why don't you question yourself? Yeah. I'm telling you, what I did was I command in the name of Jesus. Do y'all remember that? That little nothing. Y'all remember that knot on her wrist? I mean, she's short to everybody. Look at this. Huh? Huh? She had it for how long? Five years? She had it for five years. Because she just squeezed my hand on it. Five years. Five years. It took Jesus less than a year to heal it. Easy. God don't hear sinners. That's the reason why I ain't worried about all these people on YouTube and everybody else. They, they want to judge. They all, man, y'all to see something to judge. This is why I just, every once in a while I get an email like that. That's all I do. Because they want to sit and judge a priest. Isn't that something? People want to judge somebody. And they themselves are sitting here in sin. Sister Barbara back there, boy, didn't you tackle that stuff with Sister Nita? Sister Barbara. Sister Bob, man, faithful servant, boy. Sister Nita all screwed up and ate up with varicose veins. It looked, Carol said, man, honey, it just, I said, I don't even want to see it look that bad. I don't even want to see it. I don't even want to see it. Look at that. God don't hear sinners. There's only one sin you hear from sinners. There's only one, one thing you hear from sinners. I repent. I repent. And so while everybody else walking around here self-righteous, there are people that are doing the righteous works. 
while else, everybody else walk around here with a high lofty opinion about their position in God, God is honoring those by showing who he honors. And this sister, have love for sister, stayed with her sister and prayed for her. How many times? Prayed for her many times, didn't you? And just stayed until, kept on until God did it. Kept on until God did it. Why? You didn't do like some of you people do. Just say one time, believe it's over with. And I said, man, that ain't what I teach. That ain't what God teach, man. Persistence, boy. Be consistent being persistent. You know, you know what it does for your faith? Whenever you pray and you know God was involved and then he turns around and he heals it. You know what it does? It makes your faith sore. Yeah, it does. You got love affair with sin and stuff, your faith ain't going nowhere. All I can do, I can't live it for you. All I can do is tell you, you better get serious about Jesus. Yet, I mean, I got serious about Jesus when I was 25, somewhere along 26, 25 years old. I, I wish it was at Sky's age. I wish it was. I could have saved myself from a lot of trouble. But can't cry with spilt milk. I ain't going to either. Somebody let somebody else spill it. Got to go on. Y'all be encouraged. Go with Jesus. That's the only advice I can tell you. Hide his word in your heart. Put, let him mean more to you than anything. That includes your own self. Amen. Father, we thank you for your words of truth. We pray these saying, seek deep down in the hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all bless Sabbath. King coming.